Hello and welcome to another Milwaukee Admirals podcast with Charlie Larson. I'm Aaron Sims. And Charlie, you and I kind of had this idea at the same time to do the podcast. And we talked about this on the first show a long time ago when John, it seems like a long time ago, it was probably six weeks ago. Six years six, ago, <laughs> it feels like. <laughs> with, uh, with John Greenberg, the Admirals president, and, and you and I both said we wanted to tell the stories that wouldn't necessarily hurt anyone, but they were out but there. haven't been told, exactly, really. Or they've been told and it's been forgotten. Yes. Or in this case, they were told by two sports writers from Milwaukee. Well, we'll get to that. Yes. No, That's a tease. They call that a tease, <laughs> a tease in the business. I just showed you Jay Thomas, the, the late Jay Thomas, uh, who was an actor. He played uh, Eddie, is it Eddie LeBeck on Cheers? He was the goalie who married <laughs> yeah. Carla. And who got killed uh, by the got Zamboni. Killed by a Zamboni. And he when was he a, was the Pittsburgh Penguin. A successful comedian and a, and a successful radio DJ and an actor. And he was on Mork and Mindy and all of this stuff. And Anyway, Jay Thomas for years used to come on to the David Letterman show. David would have him and Darlene Love on the same show. And Darlene Love would sing Christmas Baby Please Come Home at the end. But Dave Letterman would always have... Jay Thomas come on and tell what he termed the greatest story ever told. And it was a great story about the Lone Ranger and getting in an accident and, and being, as Jay Thomas always said, herbed up. Uh, not the Lone Ranger, but Jay no, Thomas. No, and, definitely not but the Lone it, Ranger. It, it is, seriously, I, I urge people to go check that out. But I bring that up because this podcast was started because of perhaps what you and I might term the greatest story ever told in Admiral's history. In Admiral's history. history. Right? I would say so. <laughs> Better than the Calder Cup. Yes. Uh, yes. Like, this, it's not believable. It's <laughs> right. like if you told someone this story, yep. no, that, did, uh, that obviously didn't happen. Yep. Except it did. It happened to the guy sitting here with us today. And perhaps the greatest storyteller that I've ever known, to be quite honest, because of, well, he's hilarious, he's warm, he's funny, he's. Experience doesn't take himself too I'm seriously. I'm really, really, really buttering, buttering him up. Oh my god! But Jeez. but it's deserved. Wow. Mike Wojciechowski is uh, he's had every job for the Admirals. I think I'm going to quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just walk out Holy right now. Cow. But Wojo Wojo joins us uh, on this, and uh, we've been waiting to do this one for a while, and I'm I'm excited that the timing finally worked out for everyone involved. Uh, thank you for doing this. So. I guess we've set up the story, so we're going to start. It's going to be like NASCAR racing. We're going to start off with the, Super Bowl. With the greatest are, are, story ever told. Are we talking about the Toledo story? We are talking about the oh Toledo story. So Your first year. Se- oh, my first full season. First, first full, full season. season. Yeah. Okay, let's set this let, up. Yeah, let, well, let you start. You got hired. How did You were selling tires before you worked for the Admirals. Yeah, in I a tell different you what, and, and you're gave, a kid. And I gave Phil a good deal on those babies, too. Yeah. You know, he, 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 I waltzed Phil through a sales presentation at the Bayshore... Uh, Goodyear, uh, he said, uh, yeah, go ahead, put them on. Does that still exist? I no. think it, it doesn't. I don't, I, I'm I not sure. I thought there was a tire. St- anyways. Okay, well, anyway. Yeah, I don't want to delay just, the whole thing. It was just north of the Sears, but yeah. So anyway, so I sold him some tires, uh, uh, you know, gave him outstanding customer service. He handed me his card. He said, listen, kid, if you ever want to sell uh, season tickets for the Admirals, give me a call. You know, you're, you're a hell of a salesman. How so, old a kid are you at this point? What, do you look, look back 30, what, what is it? Uh, I'm probably 24. Okay. 24, 25, something okay. like A couple of years out of Marquette. So, yeah. So, I, so I, 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 I give, you know, he gives me my his card. I go, yeah, yeah, all right, sure. And, you know, it's always intriguing. I made a nice living at Goodyear. I had some fun, you know, as fun as you can have selling tires and mm-hmm. uh, in, in service. But, you know, did a pretty nice job and ended up uh, one day just uh, went, to a, went to a competitor of, of uh, Goodyear 
did a really nice job for uh, for a while. Signed a contract. Um, really? Yeah. Uh, to, to to I was basically headhunted away from Goodyear, so I went to uh, to a competitor. So, and, Firestone? Uh, and no, 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 an independent place in town, and, and literally um, took a store that was had lost lots and lots of money over years, put it in a in a in a profitable state with about a month and a half to go in the. Uh, in the uh, fiscal year, and uh, had a little uh, falling out with the management. I said, well, you know, I, I quit. That's it. Forget it. And he said, good. So they, like, you know, I left and called Phil. And, uh, you know, they wanted to come back and sue me because I had signed a contract. And I said, no, I, you know, I, you know, I, don't, I don't do that. That's, uh uh-uh. And uh, started working for Phil, and, uh, and life was fun after that. Then, and and, and, and 80, they haven't thrown me out of here yet. In March of 81. Yes. March, March of, of 81? Uh, March of 82. 82. March of 82, yes. yes. March of 82. Yeah. Yeah. My full, first full season was 82, 83. And you know, you, what you do is you take the fact that you go to the Turner Cup finals, you kind of take it for granted. You know, your, your fir- first full season, we're, right. we're in the finals. Oh, this must happen. I have the same thing, right? This, yeah, this must happen all the time. Yeah. This is great. And yeah. I haven't seen the finals in forever. Yeah. But it was, it was, uh, it was an so interesting. So you come in at like before the mid 90s, you come in at like in the history of the Admirals. There isn't a better time to come in, like you say. We're going to the Calder Cup or Turner Cup Finals, but it's liqueurs, it's Barry, it's Yakachuk, it's Flesh. Every, all the legends in Admirals lore, you're jumping right in with these guys. And I want to say it was so much fun. I mean, they, and you're it, the same it, age it, as it, these it, guys. It was, it was, yeah, I'm a little older than some, but yeah, I'm the same age as most of them. Yeah, yeah, but we had a, a no fraternizing rule, so I, we didn't really. You know, we didn't normally hang out with the players very often. I mean, it was it was tough at, at company sponsored events. We could, but sure. the last thing you want to do is is you know, it wasn't the fact that you know Phil didn't trust people, but they have a couple of pops in you and say, "Boy, Danny, jeez, you know, Phil was shopping you around." <laughs> and yeah, have, right. And right. have Phil come around and go, and him go back to to Phil and say, you know, but you just keep putting yourself in a situation where you didn't want somebody to say that. Right. You, you'd never say that. You'd never be stupid enough to say it. Right. But, but what the, if you were? Yeah, but never <laughs> put, put yourself in a situation yeah. where a player could say, hey, you know, I was out with the world the other night, and he said this. Oh, right. No, I wouldn't have said it, but they could have said it. Hey, uh, yeah, right, right, right. So, yeah. but that was it. so that first year, as, as Charlie mentioned, Danny scores 75. Oh. Uh, it was Dale so Yakichuk has 100, 100 assists. 138 uh, points. And if he doesn't shoot the puck at the referee's groin, he wins the MVP. No, no, no. Right. If he doesn't connect with the referee's <laughs> yeah. groin, shooting oh, the puck it, was fine. But it was the best shot I've seen ever. I mean, it was like, Wow. <laughs> you know, you know, you're coming down the rink on the on the on the breakaway. You know, the, the, clearly the play may or may not have been offsides. We're really not sure at this point. The whistle blows in one motion. He turns and one motion just flings the puck right, right at the referees, right at the old groin. <laughs> How much did you know about you were you? I have always said you played basketball and you played baseball and wrestled and wrestled. So how much did you know about hockey? Well, I, I, did you come to a lot of games? I was. I mean, I was a fan. Yeah. Okay. I, I mean, I enjoyed the games. Okay. I mean, you know, it's really, you know, it's really hard not. So to you get knew what you were getting into when you, for the most part, or at least you had a decent idea when you decided oh, to come. Absolutely. I knew it was a tough sell. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew it was, uh, but I also, you know, you can have a job or you can have a real live career and and. I mean, did I ever think I'd still be sitting around 38 years later? No, but right. by at the end of the day, the uh, just you know the you know and, and Charlie and I mean we can all talk about it. I mean, it, it, it's it it's a life in that you're not doing the same thing every day. Right. I mean, it's literally a labor of love, which I've heard Phil say a million times. But at the end of the day, it really is. 
I mean, you, you get to do everything, you know. I mean, you know, book a concert, put together a promotion, sell a sponsorship, uh, write, you know, be part of a, you know, the, the radio broadcast, be part of the TV broadcast, uh, telecast. Uh, it's 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 great. It's just it's just a wonderful gig. So you end up you get hired to do sales, but you end up as for lack of a better term, the traveling secretary, right? Well, no, what happened is, is uh, I ended up being the PR guy first. Uh, so you, my, so first, my, my first year, Eddie Finnecaro was the PR guy. <laughs> what a great name. Ed, Ed, oh, Eddie Finnecaro was, <laughs> Ed, I mean, to, to say he was Milwaukee's favorite character, he was just a wonderful guy. I mean, uh, you know, he just, um, Eddie's an investment broker in uh, in Boston now, which is, uh, he's, and he's still, I still keep in touch with him, but, but Eddie was, uh, Eddie was, uh, one of the great uh, wild and crazy guys, you know. He was uh, he was just one of those, you know. I, I, in fact, we lived together. We had an apartment together on uh, on thir- on Thirteenth uh, in Cleveland, on the South Side. Now, uh, and uh, and uh, he said, "I'm still waiting for that first rent check." <laughs> <laughs> But it's it's fine, it, you know. It's it's a good. Uh, it, it was. Uh, it, you it might was, be able to swing it now. Oh, oh yeah, yeah I'm, right? I'm sure. <laughs> I, I, you know what? If I, I call him and said, hey, Eddie, you know, about the twenty six hundred bucks you still owe me between <laughs> between picking up some of your dead paper around town and being part of this, that, and the other thing, you know what? I he probably sent me the check because I he's, he's, he is he's a wonderful guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And I think the city of Milwaukee is still looking for some money for parking tickets, but that's okay. But that's <laughs> yeah. okay too. But uh, no, he, he wasn't. And Eddie, you know, then Eddie left uh, after my first year, so then I became a PR and sales guy. Okay. And uh, and so, you traveled with the team. And then I traveled with the which team, which is an integral part to the story that we're slowly getting Building to. Up to. Well, you know what? The funny thing about it is, I traveled with the team for uh, you know, a bunch of years, and then I, you know, and then even on years I didn't travel. I always went with the playoff and, and during the playoffs. Yeah. Okay. So, so even if I wouldn't have been traveling with the team, I would have been with the team during in that the playoffs. playoffs. Still in a, a in a PR pers- capacity in a then. PR capacity. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I, you find this hard to believe. Or I, just I, team I, representative. I turned into a pretty good schmoozer of the media. You know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I find to, it hard to, to believe. To, right? to, to this to this day, <laughs> to, I mean, to this day, I mean, you know, Don Burke covered us. Uh, Don, you know, Don and I, you know, still remain friends. Yep. I mean, we know, you know, his son is son a, very well. Is, is a wonderful, yeah. and you know. And uh, you know, and you look back at uh, the you know Rel Boucher, who covered the team for a while, was talked to Kathy Brighton Butcher the other day, Dave yeah. Coleman. Sure. You know, we remain in touch with with a lot of the beat writers. But but my claim to fame was being able to steal the or, or not steal, ask the nice lady at the front desk for Rel Boucher's key to his room, so I could stock his sink with with ice cold beer and. And uh, so he came back from a tough day at the rink. He could have a couple of pops. Nice. So, uh, so, I, so you'd so, go up to his room, yeah. like uh, almost like a concierge. Yes, yes. absolutely. Room service. Room, room service. service you know, <laughs> right. Put it this way. If, if, if La Quinta in Kalamazoo can have room service, I provided it. <laughs> you know, it, it, was, it was one of those. But, yeah, but uh, you know, I had a, had a great relationship you know, with the Drew Olsons of the world and, and Kathy Brighton Butcher and uh, you know, a lot of the, you know, and during the playoffs when they, uh, when they covered the team. Pretty religiously back then, it was uh, it was fun. And you, but you worked. You you were a stringer for the Journal Sentinel too. That was a terrible. Uh, that was a terrible conflict of interest, which was really kind of fun actually. <laughs> which was outstanding. Honestly, it, well, it was funny on, on prep nights. Yeah, I'd be answering phones. You know, uh, Sentinel Sports, Sentinel Sports, Sentinel Sports. I didn't put them all on hold because it was a prep night. And then I pick up the phone and say, uh, "Yes, can I help you?" Uh, this is Phil Whitliff calling from Kalamazoo. Hey, Phil, it's Woj. You know, oh good. You know, I'd, so I take the whole box score down, and you know, he'd say, and. Uh, 
you know, and he and then he'd uh, give you a couple quotes, maybe. No, or? no, he'd say, uh, "Well, you know what I'd say for a quote, you know, you, you, you. <laughs> <laughs> one of those routines." But anyway, you know, he'd no, he'd give me a one really good quote, and then he goes, "If you need anything else, just make it up," you know. But then and then, but I wasn't allowed to write the story, so I'd go to Joe Carrier's, I'd, I'd lead all across. Joe Carrius, the the great Sentinel sports writer, editor for many years, I'd say, uh, Joe, Admirals, uh, can somebody take the call? He goes, ah, go ahead and take it. So I take the call first of all, and then I say, somebody going to write this up? Ah, go ahead and write it up. So, <laughs> so they throw like, somebody else's name or so it was never you, to, yeah. Special uh, spe- to the spe- Sentinel. Special to the Sentinel. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. But yeah, it was it was a uh, you know, but because it's funny, you know, I mean, like anything that the old prep nights at the Journal and Sentinel, I mean, you're sitting there basically doing absolutely nothing. I mean, you know, they they bring this huge staff of people, like six people, in they answer right. phones, get ready, to, and you sit there till eight forty-five, yeah. and you know, eight forty-five, nine o'clock, and all of a sudden at nine, ten all minutes after nine, those. you can't pick up phones fast enough. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, and then you know, along with that came a call from Kalamazoo or wherever Phil happened to be. Yeah, yeah. People don't understand that. I used to have to do that in high school, nineteen oh. and then the nine. So much fun. So all much those fun. scores. And in. again, yeah. the great, I mean, the great friends that I've I made there that I, you know, they still hang out with sure. today. Sure. Sure. Yeah. So let's get to this uh, this point here. So now you're traveling with the team. It's the playoffs. It's the playoffs, and uh, how do what do they go through first to get to the final? What what teams are oh, on the path to get to the ask final? Me, now you're going to ask Am me I a really hockey question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I, just, I, it I think was it was one team. I think it was Kalamazoo, right? I can look it up. Beat Kalamazoo, and then you get to the final. I think to take I, on I think the it was Toledo Gold Diggers, to, to, captained by Claude Noel. Yes. Dirk Graham, Graham, Lauren, Lauren Malk, and Dave Falkenberg. Lauren I mean, Malkin. some, some, just, uh, some, just a, a really good hockey team coached by Billy English, and uh, and and really a nice uh, in in playing in that just crap hole called the uh, Toledo <laughs> Sports Arena on the banks of the Maumee River. I mean, it's like, oh my gosh, and uh, and uh, it was it, it was interesting. I mean, it was it was, and uh, you know we we uh, it was a good playoff series, and then uh, you know we were here, and then we went there, and. Uh, um, first night or first time we were there, mm-hmm. you know, we, uh, the writers, I, I, I'm sure what you're alluding to, the writers and I were, we had in this own, our own little area. Mm-hmm. And game uh, three. It, it, yeah. I think it was a well, game. No, three. it was, so we split, it was, uh, four to four. This was game five. Okay. This is game five. It's four to four. Two to two. Two to two. Two to two. Sorry. Did I yep, said four to four. Right. Yeah. Adding's yeah. not my best. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and then after the game in, after the game in Milwaukee. Four we, one four one over Kalamazoo in the first round. Let me just uh, okay. get that we, out. There. We uh, we flew we flew to uh, I mean we actually flew to um, to Toledo okay. on a, on a, on flew. a uh, yeah on a Mississippi Valley Airline plane. <laughs> like, like I look across the aisle and Daniel LaCour's got a, a, a Bible. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the scene from Major League. Oh, yeah, right? I I that. I mean, that, it was long League. before Major League, but Daniel LaCour's like reading the Bible right next to me and I'm on the plane. <laughs> okay, well, that's great. So, game, so, so we get to Toledo. First game. two games, Toledo wins. Second two, Milwaukee wins. Okay. So we get there and, you know, it's, you know, Don Burke and, uh, and Rel, and Rel Boucher. Are covering the team, so they're up in our little booth for the journal and yeah, the Sentinel. Yeah, the journal and Sentinel, and we're we're like we're you know getting fired up for the game. And and Bill Began, the owner of the Toledo and a, 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 a longtime a re- owner of a, and a former league commissioner, league, league commissioner, and went on to le- be a CCHA commissioner after that or something. Well, I, I, I don't know that. Yeah, Could something be, of that nature. Yeah. I, well, anyway, comes up and says, "What are you doing up in my booth?" And I said, "Well, this is uh, Bill Began says this. Yeah, Bill Began says, says it. this. I, to I, you. And I said, uh, "Well, you know." I think Mike Miller was there. Was there a PR guy announcer? And I said, "Well, 
this is where Mike put us and was get the hell out of my area. This is, you know, this is my area. I'm You're 25 years old yeah. and the owner of the of the Gold Diggers is telling you this. It's probably a little <laughs> intimidating. So I so, so we got, I wanted to take the argument away from the the writers obviously. So we just went around the corner and like there's we're on like this rickety type of step thing and he said uh, I said, "Well, you know, then what do you say?" Where do you expect more should I go? Is the, the, the media? Mm-hmm. He says, "Well, I don't care, you son of a bitch." And he like that's what, <laughs> take, 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 takes a big swing and and you know hits me in my the back of my head hits this metal pipe. I'm like whoa, seeing stars for a second and everything else. So he what goes in tells them to get out. So we all bail. Those guys go wherever they go. I don't even know where they go to watch the game. I I seek refuge in in our dressing room um, because you know I mean. Cops are looking for me because he told cops that I assaulted him. Right. So How there. soon did you know, by the way? How soon did you know that you were a wanted man? I heard, I heard a walkie-talkie go off. <laughs> I got to the bottom of the stairs, <laughs> and I heard a, one of the security guards' walkie-talkies describe a cherubic little guy that was uh, <laughs> cherubic <laughs> little guy that was that was on the run on the lamb. And, <laughs> and I, I could I could put two and two together, you know. And the fact that you know I'm I'm no. a, I'm a short little chunky guy. I I, I got a pretty good idea that who they're looking for. So you've so, got to be scared at this point, oh, right? Oh yeah, like you're gonna get so, fired. No, so so I, yeah, oh yeah, that that for sure. I know that's coming for sure. Right. So <laughs> I, uh, I I went I went to the dressing room and and, and uh, all of a sudden you know now. I mean, guys are walking in the locker room, and it's and, they, and every time Toledo scores, they have a little hunchback dude that goes over to this this gong and starts smacking the gong. So when you know when they score their fifth goal, they're bam, 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 five times. I'm like, oh boy. So I'm keeping score now. Guys are getting thrown out for like whatever they're doing, and their guys are coming back to the locker room. And I, what's the score? Oh my god, we're just like eight to whatever. And I mean, we're just getting like just getting our butt handed to us. Yes. Uh, so you know, as the game's going on. You know, cops are knocking on the on the dressing room, and hey, you have no business to be in here. I mean, this is our room. Get out of here. So I picked that with like I was claiming sanctuary. So what? So yeah. so, so which, which, and which which worked with the cops? They were they weren't going to come in and bother our room. You know, time comes that you know it's time to leave the place. And how am I going to how are we going to get? Yeah, because they're going to because what they were trying to do is they were going they were trying to you know uh, arrest you know or at least detain me. So our plane leaves an hour and a half or two hours later, and we have you know just game six the next day in Milwaukee. Yeah. So they wanted us to sit on. They're taking the, you know, they're taking a bus all night. We're flying back, and they want us to be back about the same time they're going to be back after they detain me. Which is an interesting note. Game five in Milwaukee, May twelfth. Game six in Toledo, May thirteenth. Game, excuse me. Game four in Milwaukee, twelfth. Five in Toledo, thirteenth. Game six is back in Milwaukee. The three, three and three. Milwaukee three and three in the Milwaukee. championship. Yeah. Whenever you can play on weekends, it's a good thing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I mean, like I think Don Brooks' story said it. You know, the goings on in Toledo made it look like Friday the Thirteenth was invented in Toledo. It was still one of the best leads I've ever. I've ever. You know, I mean, I mean, Rel, Rel was what ready on deadline. But Berkey had a little while to think about yeah, the it. Afternoon and, and, paper, and, and, yeah. it was it was you know it was a hell of a lead. So back to the end of the game, we get crushed. We they got to figure out what are we going to do with this guy who's wanted by the police. Johnny Flesh. So, so, hey, we got two stick bags. Take take, take what sticks out of bag one, put them in a bag two, and let's put Woj in the bag in the, in the bag one, and let's get him on in the bus. Were there any other sticks in the bag? Yeah, well, I was I was laying on top. You of were on, laying on top of sticks. <laughs> Absolutely. I was, there were sticks in the bag. I was. It was kind of the support. I was laying on top right. of sticks. Right. What but, are these guys It's almost saying, like a rickshaw. Yeah. As you're wa- as these guys are walking in one by one, or then at the end of the game, and you're sitting there. 
and they're wondering why you're in the locker oh, room. Oh, you know the work. What, what? And you tell them. I mean, are their jaws dropping? Oh, yeah. Are they laughing? Are no, they? That, that, there was a lot of that. I mean, there was a lot. It was it was a bad night. I mean, anytime there's a lot of serious I mean, stuff I mean, on the ice. I mean, for them. Any, anytime you lose, anytime you lose a hockey game, sixteen to four. Um, it, you know, it, it, I'll put it this way. It was just, it wasn't, you know, like the main thrust of the whole deal, but it certainly, the guys were already really worked up and, you know, and then now it's kind of, got them more worked up. It was so interesting because a few weeks ago we talked to Danny LaCour and Danny had no idea that this happened. And, and, and it goes to what you had just said. Guys yeah. were worked up and they were focused on what was going on and angry at what it and embarrassed at what had happened or whatever but and Danny Danny had never heard that story right and it's but it's not and like and you and were and I think it was Fleshy's idea <laughs> I mean Fleshy said you know we got plenty of stuff first of all put them in a hockey bag you know you know, you know the smell of a hockey bag I wasn't going in any, any, any one of those anytime soon but I mean but I mean they, they you know they, they, they stuffed me in a, in a stick I got out in the stick bag and that was great underneath so the bus underneath yeah, the bus underneath the bus and how far away uh, how long I was it went, until went, you were out went to the airport and, uh, and, and, and <laughs> we, we got to the airport we opened up the, the, the stick bag I got out hopped on the plane and life was well <laughs> oh man that's so good and that's going in the book right Oh yeah, oh, yeah, that was a beauty. <laughs> and, and like we said, no one, no one believes that this is possible, except that both Rel Boucher and Don Burke write their their game stories are basically like, ah, the you know, like the 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 last paragraph was, oh, the Admiral stunk. They lost sixteen to four. The whole thing is Bill Began, the dirt bag. I, I think Rel <laughs> Boucher even refers to me as a fat kid in his story. Oh yes, yes, he sure does. Yeah, he's a he's a he jolly sure he's does. a jolly little fat kid. I worked with him at the Sentinel. Anytime, <laughs> you know, anytime. It was like, oh yeah. I mean, and, and, uh, and Rel was just it, unbelievable. It probably annoys you a little bit, but I'll be you know I'll be looking for something in the in the archives, and I'll come across the story, and I always read it. Yeah. I always read it, and I always got to come into your office and read a quote. Hey, Woj, remember, remember what Don Burke said about you? Yeah. And then, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, you know, you know what's great about it is, is that okay? So we lost the next night. It was terrible, and you know, I mean, I, you know, as uh, as uh, Claude said to me the, the day we won the Calder Cup, I was the little, I was the little fat guy that had to was like keeping track of the Turner Cup during that game. It was in which what we uh, we know as the the wives lounge sure, is okay. where the, is where the Turner Cup was because that was our our room in the arena okay. we yeah. you know we 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 weren't I mean we only had that room was we had all of our sticks all of our equipment were in that room so that's where we kept the, the not Turner. the dressing room no no but that, just like that little that little room yes. that we know sort of a storage here area as yeah. a wife's it was our storage area so the 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 Turner Cup was in there for the, for the whole game and like uh, you know and so I had to pull the cup out. You know, to uh, you know, to give it to the uh, commish, to give to uh, to Claude Noel, and I always said that always, you know, you know, made me a little that that Claude, uh, uh, you know, screwed me over and everything else. And Claude said when he took took the job, he goes, "Don't worry, Woj, I'll get you one before I leave." And so, <laughs> and, so and, and he did. Sure enough, he did. And, and, when, and when he did, and he did. He reminded me of it. He, yeah. uh, did he really? He, he, he walked up the hallway when we were we were in Wilkes-Barre, and he smacked me in the chest. He said, "I told you, I get you one." And wow. I, so I said, "Well, all right." Yeah, That's you great. That, that yeah, did. That's great. Did you ever see Bill Began again? I was. No. Did Bill Began make the trip the next day? No, he was not in Milwaukee. Not, no, not that I saw him. Yeah, not okay. that I saw him. But I mean, I think he knew he was in trouble with the league, um, as much as he, no, because because the very he wasn't next, a good guy. Like uh, and he was I, a dirtbag. I, I had I had other dealings with him. I mean, I had met him before, and he was always a pretty decent guy to me. He was. Okay. Um, and it was just I don't know if I don't know if he had a couple on. I mean, a couple pops. Like, I don't know what. What the story was, but I will tell you that um, 
in in I will I knew what type of organization I was working for and on on the Monday morning after we lost I came in and, and Phil grabbed me and said we're going to see Joe Tierney over at Cook and Frankie uh, we Who's Jane's lawyer Jane Pettit's, Pettit's, lawyer. Pettit's lawyers and they said don't worry everything you know, everything's great um, I had I literally had um, some discomfort and had to spend a couple of days in the hospital because it hit my head hit in the really? hit, hit in yeah. the pipe um, but anyway what happened was. Um, I was at audience with Joe Ternian. They had to make a formal complaint to the league, and uh, apparently he was he was fined and you know suspended and all yeah. kinds of other things happened as a result. But I, you know, you, you know that you know I because I, immediately I thought, oh boy, I guess I'm gonna have to find a new job. I mean, here you out know, of all the ways to get fired. I mean, I mean, I you know, hear me me you know a little over a year or whatever it is working or a little you know for the organization and a respected owner. I get it. Supposedly, I get into a tussle, even though I never threw a punch to to the uh, owner. I, I figured I'd be out the door. Instead, I'm, I got the full support of the Pettits, and I got the full support of Joe Tierney. And it, it was nice. It was nice. It was really nice to be treated that way. Yeah, absolutely. And you here you are, thirty, however, eight, seven years later. Yeah, still here. Yeah, they haven't thrown me out yet. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Working for the Pettits. Explain what that was like, and how how did you meet them right away when you started? We learned. Were they I tell you what, a lot? We, we learned a uh, no. They, I, you know, uh, Phil was the main communication the go between between, between uh, Lloyd and Jane. I did have a f- quite a few conversations with Jane over the years. Jane was just. I mean, they were both wonderful people, but Jane was. I mean, I just wish every Milwaukeean would have had a chance to meet Jane Pettit. You know, she you know came off as this you know all the. Eh, rich woman, da 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 da. Yeah. Well, you know, Jane was about as down to earth, and I, I got Jane in about as much trouble as you could possibly get Jane in. Um, <laughs> all you know, and gotten some serious, serious trouble over that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Are you, it, is this the reference to uh, your uh, date to the homecoming? Is it homecoming? Oh no, 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 that that, that one too. But this one was um, this one was fairly serious, Phil. Um, you know. It, it, we were never allowed to say that Bradley Center was built because we wanted an NHL team okay. because it would void the tax deductibility of the gift of the building. It was a multi-purpose facility. It was we could never come right out and say, "Oh yeah, it was built for hockey. This baby was built for hockey." It's a, it was a multi-purpose facility. Well, one day, you know, there'd been a lot of mock drafts done, and and how what type of NHL team would we have if we were to, you know apply for one of the uh, expansion franchises mm-hmm. and all the mock drafts and the rules the NHL had back then, we'd had a terrible team. I mean, we would have right. just been a right. god-awful team. Um, we knew that the, we knew that, you know, the Bucks were struggling at the time. You know, the market had said, you know, a decent hockey team that, you know, could, could thrive in Milwaukee, but they'd have to win pretty quickly to keep fans support. So Phil, what, they called the press conference one day to basically say we're, pulling out we're, we're not going to we're, we're not going to get a we're not going to go try to get an um an we're, NHL we're franchise withdrawing your application yeah, yeah, exactly we're withdrawing our application well we were at the Bradley Center the Bradley room the Bradley Center with big press conference you know had, you had Fran Croke and you had Joe Tierney and you had the Pettits and you had the whole thing and, and Bernice Tierney was a really good friend of Jane's and and the Tierneys were wonderful people uh, well Bernice and Jane and I were standing in the back of the room and it's kind of a sad because they're announcing that we're not going to get in any, you know, we're not going to try to get an NHL team, which, all right, that's fine. And it was just supposed to be soft drinks. It was the only time I ever heard Jane pull rank. Mary, Mary, the old uh, wait, uh, waitress yes. and uh, catering yeah. woman was, was the bartender. And, and uh, Jane said, uh, well, what do you want to drink? 
And, uh, and Bernice said, I, I think I'd like a, a, an old-fashioned or a, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And Jane wanted a gimlet. And Jane and Mary had said, Mrs. Pettit, soft drinks only today. So, just soft drinks. Well, geez, I see, you know. And she said, boy, you think, you know, when you get your name on the building. <laughs> the only time and I ever heard it. <laughs> so she said, Mrs. Pettit, and she said, what, what, would you, what would you like? And I said, I'm going to have a Diet Coke. Thank you. Oh, no, we don't drink alone. So, <laughs> so, so now I'm having, you know, Jane has a couple. I, I have a couple, and Bernice has a couple, and now the press conference is over, and, you know, Jane's had a couple, you know. Right, I mean, right. She's not a big woman. No, she's a tiny little Tiny woman. little. And, and, and it's just a barely tipsy. I'm, I mean, I mean. <laughs> I'm a little. I'm a fat guy. I'm good. You yeah, know? Right. <laughs> and 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 Bernice has, has got a little glow. So we're all going retiring back to the office, and she's you know comes up to you know to Lloyd. Oh, Bud, and Bud could tell she's been drinking. So Phil comes to the office. I'm sitting up on stage. And we're getting the press conference. I mean, you're going and getting Jane hammered. <laughs> goes, I said, oh. Like I was, I had he say so in that one of those routines, but it was hilarious. But yeah, Lloyd wasn't happy that I that uh, that I was sitting in the back, of the, back of the room and partying with uh, Jane and Ber- <laughs> right. Jane and Bernice, but only <laughs> under her orders. Uh, well, absolutely. But it was, but again, <laughs> sometimes it just doesn't. And, so, and another time was we uh, with Jane was phenomenal. It was you know Jane that we we decided back. Uh, um, we were going to go back to Allen Bradley. Jane was going back to Allen Bradley for the first time since they sold it to Rockwell Automation. To Rock, Rockwell Automation. But she, she only reason she, she wanted to go is we had an autograph session. We took about 10 players in the cafeteria, and she couldn't wait to go back to the cafeteria and, and go back to the, the place she used to live. I mean, she used to live in the penthouse at, uh, at Allen Bradley. And she and I was lucky enough to hear all these magnificent stories about, you know, the day before Thanksgiving, how the gym they had up on the top, one of the top levels was filled with bicycles and buggies and scooters. And you went up there and you took your pick of what you wanted. You know, you had three kids, you grabbed two bicycles and a scooter and you, wow. you put them in your and you get and you get uh, certificates from Kohl's food store for a turkey or a ham. And I mean, plus you got a Christmas bonus and uh, how ge- how generous you know, Mr. Bradley was to, to all the, everybody and got to hear all these magnificent stories. So we're going through the line at the cafeteria line and, you know, there's good, really good food. And, you know, Jane, oh, you don't want that. You know, we don't want that. And so then we get to the, did we get to the French fries? Oh, she, she grabs French fries. She puts them on my tray. Go past that. She, she grabs a big slab of chocolate cake, puts one on her tray, and puts a big slab of lemon, lemon meringue on mine and everything else. So we've passed all the decent food and, I mean, the, the, Things yeah. that are supposedly good for you, yeah. and we both have a uh, a dessert and a, and a large fry, uh, et cetera, on our tray. And so we go out, and, and now we're like, and she's she's giggling like a schoolgirl. How wonderful, you know. And and John, her bodyguard, is like keeping really close tabs on her mm-hmm. at all times. She looks across. She said, "Well, Joe, have you ever been up to the clock tower?" I said, uh, "No, Mrs. Pet, I haven't." She goes, "Let's go." <laughs> so without telling John or without going with John or without doing anything. I mean, we did. I said, "That's this isn't a come on, come on, we gotta go. This isn't a good idea." So we're <laughs> heading up to the clock tower. Oh, 
we uh, we never quite made the clock tower, but could, John was not a happy guy. You didn't get tackled, did I mean, you? He, he never would lose sight of Jane for a minute, and all of a sudden Jane's been gone for six minutes, and oh. we never made the clock tower. And, and put it this way, Jane and I got severely chastised by John, who was a wonderful guy. Yeah, right. But it was as mild-mannered as you can get, but... Yeah, we were chest. John McCullough. Yeah, no, John. Uh, John, John uh, McNamara. Yeah, uh, McInerney. John, John McInerney. Not John McInerney. Yeah. So anyway, that was that was that. But that was uh, those were a couple of quick Jane oh. stories. But but working for the Pettits was interesting. You know, we were the last team in professional hockey to utilize dashboards. I mean, we we to put signs as advertisements. Yes, yes, yeah, to put signs on yeah. dashboards. As a, as a revenue source, you, yeah, probably not till ninety five, ninety six. You know, I mean, and that was I mean, Mr. Pettit's I mean, oh no, wish. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, one of my first sponsorship deals was uh, with Applebee's. You know, I, we had a, you know, we're going to pay you X amount of money in seven games a year. We're going to have an apple and a bee come out before the game and skate and skate on the ice. Okay. Well, sure enough, uh, I got summoned to the Pettit's uh, suite. Yeah, I mean, I was always around, but they could always find me. You know, go up to the Pettit's suite, and I get the, Woj, yes, Mr. Pettit. What's the meaning of that apple and that bee on the ice? I said, well, they, they're giving us, a, you know. A generous sponsorship. A, a, a generous sponsorship money to, to let, let, you know, I'd give them the damn money back and we don't need an apple or bee on my rink. <laughs> okay, you know, that's the way it is. You know, it, it was a pretty simple deal. Did you, do you feel yourself like your face get flush when he's telling you that? Like, oh, uh, gosh. I was only summoned to their suite three times or four times for, like, you know, uncomfortable discussions. Like Lorencia Bambenic. <laughs> That wasn't a suite. That was a phone call the next day. Okay. That was a. That was a. Wojo. At what point did you think it was a good idea to have a convicted murderer on our on our rank? But you went to homecoming. Was it homecoming? Sadie uh, Hawkins. I went to prom. You know, homecoming. Home, homecoming. Homecoming. Back, back in the yeah, back in the mid seventies. So hold on. Say that. Start this whole thing. So people who understand. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Who this woman is and well, everything. Well, I mean, uh, folk hero in Milwaukee, Lorenzi Benbenek, and. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was, you know, it was just... It was Where did a, you go to high school? Well, I went to Thomas More, but she went to Pulaski. And uh, and uh, we were at, in the parking lot of the McDonald's on 27th and uh, and um, Morgan when, uh, her, well, her and her boyfriend had had a little bit of a... Uh, of a, a falling uh, out. Falling maybe? out. And their home, uh, homecoming was coming up, and she said, how would you like to go to homecoming with me? And I said, knowing full well that... She was just doing doing it to make some other guy jealous on it, and or or whatever it is. I said, "Yeah, let's we'll go." And we had a, we had a fun time. She's one. She was really a nice lady. Little little little, liked herself a little bit, but that was yeah. fine. But fast forward now a little bit of time, and so then I, so now you know she's been in prison. She's done all, everything else, and um, uh, you know she escaped from prison. She, you know, got you know captured. She got time served. She did a plea to get out uh, for time served. Um, but uh, so we were having a celebrity hockey game where former admirals put wigs on and joined the women's team for the second half of the game, and so the women's beat the you know you know Freddie Berry with the full beard and the and the and, and really nice look, you know. But but Freddie, Danny, and uh, Freddie, Danny, and um, uh, Eve okay. all, all played for the women's team, and uh, uh, um, Jerry Springer played for the uh, play, played for the men's team. Jerry, <laughs> yeah. Jerry Springer. And uh, and uh, Lorenzo and Ben Benick played, and, and it, we th- probably other than maybe the village people, the most walk-up tickets. Well, uh, the Survivor thing too. So many walk-up tickets. I mean, because average Joe Milwaukee, this woman was in the news for ten years, probably her tr- her arrest, her child, her trial, run. her escape, her everything else, and she became a, a big-time folk hero. Sure. I mean, God rest her soul. She's no longer with us, but. Um, 
But a real Jesse James type but, figure, sort of. You know, so um, Mary Christine was at Q- QFM with the uh, with uh, you know uh, the '93 QFM and those rock guys, Mitch and uh, and uh, Mary and Mary Christine, and uh, and uh, they they assembled all the teams for the for the uh, celebrity game, and uh, they added Lauren, you know, Lorenzo and Ben Bennett and. You know, I, I guess I had probably heard it, but I didn't really, never really registered. I mean, sure. I'm a, and uh, and again, we sold so many walk-up tickets. Oh my gosh! And because next- everybody got a chance to see her in person. Nobody ever really had a chance to ever. And she signed autographs. We had to move them out of the celebrities that were actually in in a, we had them in sections in the corners. Actually, had, we had to move them up to a suite because there was a line that you know weaved through the entire building getting Whoa. her autograph. Wow. So, um, so then again, the Monday following, after sixteen thousand plus people at a at a celebrity hockey game, I get I get the I get a call from Jane asking me at what point, well, you know, did I think it was a good idea to have a convicted murderer on the ice? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you, and your explanation was? I said blame the radio station, and I did. I mean, I said they, that the radio station put together the rosters, and I said I probably. I probably looked at it. I probably saw it, and I said it, and it never really clicked. Oh right. my God! Yes, yes. But you know, I kind of thought, oh wow, you know, it's, it's you know, Lloyd Van Benning. I actually, I want to go back before the Bradley Center. We've heard that we've heard Phil's talk about the Bradley Center and how it was built and and everything like that. But you were charged with marketing the Bradley Center, and there was some concern, like, hey, we we're at the uh, in eighty six, eighty seven, the last year at the arena. Probably averaged 3,000 fans a game, maybe somewhere around there. The next year, you go to Wilson Park because of a dispute when, you know, the worst year in Admiral's history, obviously. But there's concern, there's legitimate concern that we've got this 18,000 seat arena and we're only going to have 3,000 fans. Woj, what are you going to do about it? Is, yeah, that how, is that about how it went down? Yeah, we're, there was concern. We knew people were going to come out and see the building. Um, you know, we obviously had the, the Blackhawks playing Edmonton, and of course Gretzky got traded. And when did was, you hear about that? Uh, Phil and I were on a fishing boat. Um, Phil and I were on Lake Michigan. We used to take the players out who did personal appearances for us. We used to uh, you know, charter a boat on Lake Michigan for a morning or afternoon, take a bunch of beer, you know, uh, catch a bunch of fish, and just have a great time. And we, we were out on a fishing boat, and uh, Rick comes over the radio that uh, Gretzky got, got traded. And you're like, what are we going to do? It actually, at the end of the day, it actually helped us because we had gotten to like 14,000 seats for the opening game at the Bradley Center. And it just re, we almost had, it was, a, it was kind of a re-announcement. It sort of stagnated. Again. Yes. It was kind of like it was, it was our opportunity to remarket the game again. And the rest of the tickets went pretty quickly after that. So it was like, oh, yeah, Gretzky's not going to be here, but that's okay. We're going to still come and enjoy the game. So it, yeah, it was interesting, but yeah, that was that was a um, the, the opening. We, week we, we we were charged with yeah, we were charged with a lot of uh, you know the the fact that that the most people that got to see a game the year before, even though it was a terrible team, was twenty four hundred people. Even though John Barnes, God bless John Barnes, did the best job of of breaking every fire code at Wilson Park at the time. I mean, <laughs> you know, we we literally had I mean we had twenty three hundred something seats, and uh, and Barnes he would just keep selling tickets and they just keep sending them in the door. And standing room all around the rink, and it was jammed in there. I'm, I, I mean, there were nights I'm sure we had a. I mean, I'm sure we were sure t- tickling that that 3,500 range. But anyway, <laughs> it was. Uh, but it was. Um, yeah, and you know, playing at Wilson Park was an interesting year. I mean, but then yeah, we sat there and said, how are we going to put? You know, what are we going to do? And then uh, and you and Gene I, I, Miller. Gene Miller were at a ball game one night, and I said, "What about this, Gene?" He said, "What? Let's go." You know. Dollar ninety four opening the, the whole upper levels of buck ninety four. Why? 
The call callers are ninety four. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah ninety four KTI. Because Gene Miller is part of Reitman and Miller. Yep, the the hottest show in, in town at that point, and they were going to broad. They were going to be the first people to broadcast live the morning of our opener. Um, it was. Uh, I have it, that video. It was, by the it was way. Gene, Gene, Bob, Gene, me, and Eddie Munster. Butch, 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 <laughs> I love Butch Patrick. Butch, by Butch the way. Patrick, I've got a Butch Patrick story. Uh, yeah, he, 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 he's great, and uh, and we did uh, and we did the uh, we did the show live, and we uh, uh, what was it thirteen nine for the first game and fifteen four for the second game. Um, it was run and gun hockey. It was fun hockey. If you look at the roster that first year that we opened the building. You could not have had a better roster to sell tickets. Right. I mean, we had we had run and gun hockey. I, I think I've told you this before. Half the guys on the team had no idea who was in goal <laughs> for their uh, team. Uh, for, for Didn't their get team. that close. They yeah. never they never got that far back. I mean, guys like Paul, guys like Paul Wallace, you know, and 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 uh, and, and, and J P LeBlanc and guys like that never got far enough in their own zone to figure out who was who was in goal. <laughs> I mean, you know, they needed binoculars to figure. Oh, yeah, that that's Troy Gamble. That's Frank Caprice. Yeah. And uh, but it was great, and, and then and then we had we were blessed with four or five tough guys. Right. So I mean, we had thirty goal scorers. We had you know guys with you know fifty, sixty assists, and we had four guys with you know two hundred plus pims. And right. you go so so we can fight you, we can we can outscore you. I mean we're outscoring teams ten to four. And Rick Lee, our coach, is throwing videotapes off the wall, miserable because his team can't take care of their own end. <laughs> right, and and it was, it was unbelievable. I mean, I and Rick I, Lee is a, a WHA Hall of Fame defenseman. Yes, and one of the team in his mold. I want to take care of our own end. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. If 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 uh, Brian Burke and Pat Quinn just leave the team alone yep. and don't listen to Ricky Lee the whole year, we probably win the championship going away because. There was, I mean, early in the early going, we were, we, I mean, we were averaging seven goals a game. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 was, and, it was unbelievable. I mean, for what it's worth, you go from the worst te- team in team history in 1878 to actually the best team in team history from a points perspective in yep. the regular season well, and in that, 88 and that, it, that is a time, too, where you had the, the miserable experience of being a partner of the Chicago Blackhawks in, the, in 84-85, um, at least on the ice. Uh that falls apart, and now you become an affiliate again with Vancouver in that 88-89 season. And did you think, oh, boy, we're in trouble? We or did you think no. more of the same, or did you know right away? Because I know <laughs> as much fun as you have and, and, and always have, I think in my mind you you think that stretch with Vancouver is maybe the most enjoyable you've had. It was enjoyable at the very beginning, the flamboyance of, 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 a, of a, uh, and just the ultimate craziness of a, of a Brian Burke. Um, Who's the assistant GM? The assistant GM. And Pat Quinn is the and GM. Pat, Pat Quinn and 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 their their whole gang of of crazy, uh, just you know, uh, just wild and crazy scouts and just great people up and yeah. down the line. And we knew, and we looked at their roster. We knew we were going to have a good team. It was it was pretty it was pretty obvious. Um, we were going to have a really good team, but it was going to be our goaltending was going to be solid. Our scoring was going to be off the charts. It's and we had some offensive defensemen. It was just going to be, you know, can we keep the puck out of our net enough, or can we keep enough forwards interested to come back right, every once in a right. while to visit their goalie? Um, that, that, that I mean, that was really what it's about. I mean, but the excitement. I mean, we sold. I mean, we sold over a hundred full season tickets the week following the thirteen nine and the fifteen four. Really? That we that we. I mean, people they saw people that, that, that people that for A's visited the Bradley Center. For the first time on the cheap, 
said, oh, my gosh, oh, was that, oh, was that great? Oh, yeah. my God, was that fun? We just kept scoring and scoring and fighting and scoring and more fighting. And, you know, it was, it was incredible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it, it was, it was, uh, it was it, it, in my estimation, you know, a, a day hockey kind of arrived. In, in more Admiral's hockey arrived you, that weekend. You I, mean, had, I mean, just under thirty thousand. I mean, twenty nine thousand people for 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 two games, uh, two hockey games in Milwaukee. And I don't care what they paid. I mean, at the end of the day, they came, they stayed, and they enjoyed. It wasn't like they paid their dollar ninety four, and they didn't uh, and they didn't stay and enjoy the game because they did. Those two guys we talked about, Pat Quinn and, and Brian Burke, uh, always have been, and Pat Quinn has since passed, but they've always they were strong willed individuals oh and i was and uh, you were in between oh, a lot of i this. was i had so much fun i had so much fun you get you know and i always wondered to this day i still wonder how two guys would suffer such incredibly differing views and of backgrounds ho- of, of hot and backgrounds on how to build a hockey team could coexist running a hockey team you know i mean you you got you got pat quinn you have junior hockey you bring you know you, you draft kids young tough you western league kids, kids. yeah exactly yeah. you bring all these kids in and and then and you've got uh and you got burke oh gosh you built for the american you know the, the american the, college, the, the, the yeah. american college program yep. oh yeah these kids usa hockey and these kids are all coming up to the ranks and you know, and he was probably ahead of his time on on, on the uh on on, on some of those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, that uh, I, I think um, it's proven that, uh, you know, I don't know if it's proven which one's right, if there ever is going to be which one's right, but uh, sh- certainly the American, uh, you know, the American uh, you know, Hockey USA in that program has certainly flourished uh, over the last, you know, several years. There's no doubt. There's no doubt. So you get between these guys. I mean, some of these battles. That's that's. Oh, the, was the, the, but the they best, the best to town one all the time too. The, the best one was the Stasek. I mean, we we were the one year. Uh, the, the, I believe the second year of the Bradley Center. Vancouver kept their camp here because they were playing so many. They were playing so many teams in the yeah. area. Yeah. So what happened was the second week of of camp for the Canucks was at the Bradley Center. So, I mean, you had, you know, Kurt McClellan, you had the whole Vancouver team. Yeah, and, and by the way, at the time, there's 21 NHL teams. Yes. So the closest one for Vancouver is is the two in Alberta or Los Angeles. Yes. Everybody else was St. Louis and East. And and so that that was their, their schedule. They were playing a lot of, they were playing Minnesota, they were playing Chicago, they were, playing, they, they were doing, you know, yeah. they're, they're, so they, they brought their whole firm, they brought their whole, the last nine days of their camp was, was in Milwaukee, and we played. Two ga- two two games, home games, uh, of their of their exhibition game were, were at the Bradley Center, but yeah, it was uh, it was um, so the cut down. Remember remember that big room that was between my office and Phil's office at the at the old Bradley Center. I mean, okay. you know, that, that, that had all kinds of um, cubicles. Cubicles. That yeah. it was a wide open room yep. for a lot of years. Yep. They didn't know what to do with it, so it was a wide open room. Actually, that room actually belonged to the Bradley Center. They used it for some catering events in its very early existence. Sure. So anyway, that room had. Bunch of tables, eight foot tables, all the way around. It had uh, beer and it had doors and had pitchers of water. And they were going to cut the team down that night. This is who Burke, the, Quinn, uh, the Burke, scouts, Quinn, uh, you know, Mike Penny, Burke, Quinn, every, everybody. Okay. So, so there's like nine guys, big old stogies, sitting in that room. <laughs> I mean, and they're, and they're all talking. And it was as much about cutting the team down as it was as busting each other's chops. 
<laughs> you know, I mean, it was like, you know, and Berkey would make, would come out down strong on, on some player and, you know, and everybody would bust his chops. Oh, he can't play. Oh, you know. So then, you know, so then they they got a, then the name Stazak came up. You know, how, you know, how, you know, he, you know, the kid to the University of Chicago, mm-hmm. you know, is, you know, and uh, that was Berkey's client. So just like your old buddy Stazak could play, you know, you know, and back and forth. Yeah, well, you know, and then and they, they got into kind of a, a spirited, you know, discussion <laughs> discussion about that. But it was like, oh my gosh! I mean, it was so. And and it was it's funny at the time. And Paula, my wife and I stayed. I mean, I stayed to make sure all the pitchers were full. And uh, <laughs> and Paula had to send the telex to the NHL after, or or I was going to send the telex to the NHL after on who's who who what the who, team would be what the team was was like. The old the old telex machines. Yeah. So that's before faxes and all the other stuff. Right. We had to send a Twix. So that was it. <laughs> but it was a spirited evening. I got them all back to their humble abodes at the end of the evening, and it was a it was a wonderful night of cutting the Vancouver Canucks down. Wow. You. Wow. Uh, what the Admirals, besides hockey, what the Admirals are probably most famous for, are concerts. And these have this is all your all of these are all your doing. Who was the first one? Where did you get the idea from? Oh, the the late great Dick Hackett. I mean, you know, the Brewers the Brewers who took a lot of shots for their marketing for a lot of years. Um, you know, it, it, Dick Hackett, uh, the marketing uh, genius from the Brewers for a lot of years, and just a wonderful young man, a young, wonderful man. Him and his uh, wife became season ticket holders for the Admirals. They were. Practically uh, every game. I mean, they were the, you know, all summer long they were baseball fans. All winter long they were Admiral fans. But he used to do a country night every year, and uh, and I would say, why can't we, you know, do shows after our games? And yeah, we brought blood, sweat, and tears in the second year of the Bradley Center. Uh, just almost like a experiment, I think. Uh, and uh, it really, you know, people really got into it. How hard was it to sell the pettits on something like that when you can't put anything on the dasher boards and you can't do anything like that? Well, there was something called, um, one thing we didn't get into yet, there was something called February promotions um, and March promotions. Uh, we Anything that was a questionable promotion, something that may have <laughs> not been fit into what Lloyd and Jane their philosophy. Put, the, their philosophy is correct, Charlie. That's good. Uh, became they they stayed. They, they had a really beautiful place in Naples. <laughs> and what happened was, uh, but they stayed ridiculous. Jane liked to stay here through the holidays and th- into January, and we couldn't wait for them to leave because in February and March, if there was anything that was they just were a around. little iffy, they weren't around. <laughs> <laughs> and this, there was no internet. There was, I mean, yeah, right? We, they would. I mean, you know, the only thing is, if if one a friend of theirs may have gone to the game and seen something we did, it wasn't like we were trying to pull a fast one. We just didn't one of them, you know. We 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 had some February, and you know, I would come up with something a little strange, and Phil would say, "Hey, what do you say we do that in February or March?" Hey, that's a good idea. <laughs> but anyway, that was. I mean, and and, and it, so, I'm not even sure they really knew that first about the first one. Yeah. I'm not sure they did. They they probably did, but I mean they had to pay pay the bill, so obviously they 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 you know, they probably did. But <laughs> is Jane signing all the checks? Is Joe Tierney signing the checks? Uh, that Tom Dickelman or myself every two weeks. I mean, you know, Mark Haggard, our old accountant, yeah. would do would uh, would uh, write che- expense checks, would put them into an envelope, and we'd go out to their house every two weeks. And Lloyd would, Lloyd would sign them. Lloyd would sign them. Just and go down the and, list. And we'd, and we'd carry, and we'd, and we'd, I'd sit and carry on some of the 
nicest conversations with uh, with Jane while that was going on and and watch soaps. I, 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 I kept up on my soaps. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you could talk with Mrs. So, Pettit about it? Yeah, it was, it was, it was nice. It was Did really you feel like you were pulling a fast one then? I mean, not that you were, no, like you not, said, you weren't really. trying to hide anything, but at the same time. You know, it, it, the, the thing about it is, is that, you know, and not a bad philosophy, but a philosophy that in this day and age probably wouldn't. You know, Jane, Lloyd, Lloyd was probably the biggest pure hockey fan sure in the world and couldn't understand why everyone in the world didn't enjoy hockey as much as he did yeah and we shouldn't have to you don't do paper this. airplane tosses yeah. and we shouldn't have to bring tiny tim in and we shouldn't have to do this or there shouldn't have to be a concert because you should all love the game for the purity of the yeah. excitement of the game and you know what and I always respected his passion, yep. and and that everybody should just enjoy hockey because it's a beautiful and sport would be played great. by tremendous athletes. Yes. But, you know, in Milwaukee at the time, you know, now there's probably more, but at the time there were probably 5,000 diehard hockey fans, of which sure. you needed to give a lot of people another reason to come to the game, which was, you know, a survivor night or was this night or a personal appearance by so-and-so or whatever it is that we're doing now. You need to give people other reasons and hooks to come to the game, right. to expose the game and 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 hopefully make and more bring fans. Back, yeah. Yes, so that was it. But yeah, the, the, but the, the concerts, yeah, it was uh, you know, blood, sweat, and tears was the first, and you know, we went on to have many and many, many more. And uh, you well, know. you said what the village people was the biggest walk-up. Oh, the village people was was stupid. That was just, I mean, the the, the, the village the best thing about the village people the first time was it was another KTI show, and it was not only. The amount of people, the the media attention you got from KTI because they were the sponsoring station, mm -hmm. but every other station in town that thought I had lost my marbles and said, "Did you hear? Did you hear what the admirals are doing? Yeah. Oh, Wojo's nuts! Yeah. Bringing the village people in. Who's yeah. going to come for the village people? And everybody." Yeah. And the answer to that question was everybody. If we would have had thirty thousand seats that night, we could have sold. So do you uh, do you subscribe that there's no such thing as bad publicity? Well, I'll tell you what, there's a, well. uh, there's, yeah, there's, there's a couple of uh, real, uh, uh, you know, I, I it, it's, it's it, what type of bad publicity? I mean, you, you know, law breaking, uh, yeah, there is such a thing. Law breaking but, yeah, is but, one thing, but, yes. Uh, but not, but uh, no, I, I, you know what, we really enjoy So long it. as there's a buzz of some yes, sort. You, you got to have a buzz. See, it, it, you know, I'd love to have an advertising budget that was like, you know, crazy money. I mean, yep. you, know, you know, back with the Pettits, with the, with the Uger commercials, we spent a lot of money. I mean, on, on the TV commercials, and they were the best TV commercials out there. People still know them, though. Maybe, yes. maybe, maybe, not probably, maybe, it's tough to say the most of anything, but one of the most renowned advertising campaigns in the history of Milwaukee. Any brand, yeah. the Euchre commercials are up there with them. Yes. Whether it's Miller Lite with I was going to say, Uker the, the All-Stars or whatever. Yes, yes. indeed. Um, but think about, can you think from another team, like can you think of a Bucks marketing campaign or even a Brewers marketing campaign and know exactly what, they're, what you're talking about? When you say Euchre commercials, everyone who was born in Milwaukee, who was here in Milwaukee then, knows know exactly what, what you're talking That's about. That's right. And most people who weren't, who oh, yeah. moved here. And yes. Two Hall of Fame announcers, you know, you, you know, and a lot of the and a lot of the fun and, and and everything and Lloyd and Jane were so engaged in in those in those spots. I was going to say, how hard was it? Because we've painted, we've sort of painted the picture that Mr. Pettit was a, a hard nosed hockey, 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 hockey kind of guy. So what was it like for him to 
I'm sure you were at the filming, right? I mean, yes. you were around for all of oh, yeah. these are filmed with with Euchre and and Mr. Pe- Mr. and Mrs. Pettit. What is what is that like to try to get Mr. Pettit to play the character of Mr. Pettit? First of all, Mr. Pettit, um, he you know two guys there in in in, in Bob and in in uh, in uh, Lloyd that just love being in the room. You know, love to be part one of the guys. Okay. You know, so you know the, the filming times, the players are around, and you know, Uke would hang around with the players and walk in, and hey, how's yeah, it going? Yeah, yeah. Lloyd would hang around. It, the spirit, the core was never better. And in, in, in Lloyd got to got to hang around in the old boys club and kind of be be part of it. That that was the, the sale. That was a big sale to Lloyd. Jane was a little tougher. Jane didn't at the beginning didn't want anything to do with. Didn't want to love the idea. Yep. But didn't want to really. She wasn't be part in of it. the commercials for the first year or yeah. two, right? Yes, she no, she wasn't, or maybe a nod here, uh, yeah, right? Or part of a, a yeah. group, but the the trip where Bob goes on the road. Yes, that's sort of like the first one she's in. And I think that's year three, the first year of. Yeah, the, so I, it was it was you know they got into it you know and plus you know it really put us on the map. I mean the, the you know the. The, the walk-ups and some of the things that happened early, sure. early, you know, we, we were... The Bob Goes on the Road, was that inspired by you? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, that That's was... a great question. <laughs> that was, Bob was... Goes on the Road, for those of you who, you know, if I can refresh your memory, Euchre's going to go on the, te- on the road with the team, but, oh, Jane decides at the last second she wants to go, don't worry, Bob, we got spot for you. They put him in the equipment bag. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they sure did. There was there was a there was a, some rewrites and some rights and you know look, look at the old storyboards and just laugh at those. Which it we was, have. It was phenomenal. Really, you have them. We have them. It, it, it oh, really was. It would be sure beautiful. Do. And I tell you what, I mean, it goes back though that the the, the the experiences that you know I've been lucky enough to have over the years and a lot of the things that I've been lucky enough to be party to is it's just to me it's like boy I just I've I've been a lucky guy. Yeah. Let me bring up two things, just and I I think I. Who's going to question your commitment to your job or the admirals? You've been here for 38 years, and you've done these wonderful things. And you've really been like a, a father figure to me. I came here you know, wet behind the ears, and I learned so much from you. Anyways, I'm not trying to butter you up for Again. more money. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, just after Harris buys the team, and he says, we need to be more minor league. Okay, great. We'll be more minor league. We did admiral supporter nights with jock straps, And... We also did something that year, hairiest back contest. And I walk into Woj's office and I say, Woj, we need, I need a picture for hairiest back contest. <laughs> no more explanations needed. I don't need to say anything else. He takes his shirt off like that, <laughs> right? Doesn't say yes, doesn't say whatever. Whatever's good for the team. <laughs> whatever's just all of a sudden. So all of the promotions that we did for it, <laughs> you look at the back, and it's Woj's back. <laughs> you might not realize it. It was Woj's back. How yeah. great was that to hear? We need to be more minor league. We want to do oh, all of these things because that's right up well, your alley. I mean, I mean, it was it was it was getting away from February, March. I mean, we right. Could, <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, we, now we, we got four more months. We, we can do all <laughs> kinds of stuff. It, it was, you know, and it, it's it's uh, it was it was fabulous, you know, and the ability to kind of expand and do some things that were that are that are fun. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and not take yourself too seriously. That's to me. And that's right. That's a big thing. Yeah, absolutely. Right before that, I want to. I'm sorry. I, I want to okay. go back real quick one time because I want your version of the story that I think Charlie has told on this podcast in the past. But I want your version of the story of when the Admirals won the Calder Cup in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, and how you guys 
got there, why you got all of that stuff, because there wasn't a heck of a lot of money in the budget there for was, a lot of people to travel. <laughs> there I, was I, no I, money. So, yeah. I, so are you talking about Operation Hockey Guts? <laughs> it must be. <laughs> that must be what it that, is. But, I, I mean, we had won game three in overtime in Wilkes-Barre, and we had planned to go the next day. I think yes. that was a Friday night. Yeah, and, 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 and Phil. Had you gone? Had they lost? Oh, yeah, we would have yeah, we we gone no matter there was going to be two more. I mean, two, we, we, four, we, and yeah, five we, were yeah, in, so, in Pennsylvania. So, um, so yeah, what happened was is um, Phil actually was speaking to the uh, – uh, uh, Was it a Gary, rotary? Gary, no, no, Gary Howard. It was a panel. Okay, a, pa- a panel discussion for Gary Howard's uh, – it was a uh, – who was a, the sports editor? At he the, was the, the editor at, for – yeah. Yeah, at the Journal Sentinel. Yeah. I believe it was a national conference of, of – I believe it was uh, female sports writers. And Phil Here was, in Milwaukee. Yeah, and Phil was on the panel at the Hyatt. Okay. And uh, and uh, he had left to go with the team for the Friday night, so he said, "What would you fill in in the panel?" Which so, is Saturday morning. Saturday morning. So, okay. Uh, so um, Charlie, I think, was nice enough to go get the van, or and, and, and that we, we rented. We rented a fifteen passenger van. And and I, they were just waiting for me to cut down at the Hyatt. As soon as I got done from the Hyatt, we tore over, grabbed it, and then we're and we're driving down the. Uh, down the uh, and Woj uh, is driving in this fifteen-person fifteen-passenger van. van, and we're staying somewhere in uh, out, the uh, outskirts. I think we were just going to drive as far as we could. I, I know we had we had rooms. I think we had. When we, is we, the game? Is we, the game Saturday Sunday, or Sunday? Sunday. 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 Okay, so you're so driving. So we don't need to get there, and we we don't get to Wilkesbury that night. First of all, let me say I I apologize for hijacking your story here, but you weren't going to say this. I will. Woj is driving like a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> this is no joke. We get pulled over by some Polish. Cop. But, but the funniest part about it <laughs> who, who Woj tries to butter up and uh, calling him brother and everything. Yeah, we're Polish, no, right? Yeah, yeah, the yeah, homeland, whatever. We're somewhere, we're, some, we're somewhere in the Poconos and we're going up and down and we're just flying. I'm, right? I'm looking I'm, I'm looking at uh, Al, Al Rebeck. Uh, Tr- yeah, Trish, Trish Rebeck's dad. Yeah, yeah, Trish Rebeck's dad, uh, dad is, is right behind, is, is in the seat right behind me. And he's, I could see him looking at the speedometer, and he has this blank look on his face, and his mouth is all like, holy God. And this is on, this is on Sunday morning because we left, and we all, because you know, we, we got to this hotel somewhere in, in, in That wasn't on Saturday? Saturday, okay, Saturday well, night, no, Saturday night. Okay. Um, we were listening we're going to have to rewind. We, we, we were listening to the uh, Kentucky Derby on the radio with Smarty. Uh, so, come on. Who, who, who's, oh, look up right there. It's who's, in the, who's, uh, who was the horse? Yeah, look, it's, yeah. A, it's right up in the yeah, room. Who, 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 who did not win the, who did not win the, uh, the or, triple or, crown? Yeah, but who didn't win the triple crown, but won the uh, Kentucky Derby. Um, but then we get a phone call from uh, from Claude Noel yeah. that says, hey, by the way, I mean, we, we're not, the you know, organization isn't blessed with a lot of money. And if we're going to, you know, if we, if we happen to get lucky and win tomorrow, what, what are we going to use? What are we going to do for champagne? Because we're not going to we're not going to spend sixty bucks a bottle right. through the building, the building to pour it over people's heads. So if we so stop- this is Saturday also because and that's important because Sunday is dry. Yeah, no In liquor sales. Yeah, yeah. you cannot buy alcohol. Yeah. So we pull over to um to a liquor store and we bought them out of out of uh, Asti Spumanti. Oh, uh, you have two dollar and ten cents or two dollar sure. nineteen cent champagne. We stopped at a Walgreens that they had. They served. They had. They had dollar twenty nine champagne there, <laughs> and we got as many. We bought as much as champagne as we could everywhere. We ended up with sixty bottles of champagne. Wow! Put it into a giant hockey bag, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and, uh, and it's and, amazing and, and, how much of your life has revolved around hockey bags and, in the last thirty seven years. And, and we and we and, and of course us being a little bit um, superstitious, we take the hockey bag and put it in my bathtub and ice it down. 
<laughs> we don't put the hockey bag in. We just put the champagne. Yeah, pour it out. Yeah. 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 And then uh, and then we had a, a, a sizable lead after two periods. So we go. But that's uh, that's on Saturday. We do this. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 or no, it's, excuse me. Sunday when we get to the hotel. Yes. Right. We, yeah. We, we, we go to the game. The champagne stays in the hotel. We're up seven five to two or six to two. Yeah. Something like that. And me, you, and John W. Bitter go back, and uh, and go get the. Uh, and, and go get the uh, and, load and, it up. And what yeah. we called Operation Hockey Gods. Yes. So we come in the back door, and the and the guy stops us and says, uh, "What do you got there?" We said, uh, uh, yeah. "Yeah." And he goes, "Congratulations." I said, "We haven't won yet." He goes, and we, just as he said it, we scored again to make it seven. I think it yeah, was at I think that you're point. Right. And uh, so we, we continued on to the locker room and, and put the champagne in the room. But yeah, it was it was interesting. It was a, it was a really uh, it was an interesting day. So you party that night. And then what? You got to be back I don't, to work I don't on party. Tuesday. I didn't party. No, I had to drive and return Phil Whitliff's rental with Fran. You and, and Fran, Fran and then had to had to fly back early on Monday morning to, to meet with the Bradley Center about the out uh, of Newark. Yes, uh, and had and, and had to and had to meet with the Bradley Center about the uh, about the uh, parade or the, whatever. The, the yeah, yeah, yeah. So Newark's about a two-hour ride. Yeah, it was. yeah well, there's no easy way to get to Wilkes-Barre. Yeah. So anyway, but it was, you know, it was, it was great. I mean, you know what? You're still on a high. I, you know, I, that's that's one. I really like to win another one so I can just sit and enjoy it. Sure. You know, because it really was it was it was a semblance of I did I wasn't drinking because I was driving in a weird, in a in a strange state. You right. Know, and having to return a rental car and and everything else. I mean, I I literally didn't uh, didn't have a pop to celebrate our championship for about two or three days. Wow. Wow. So, it, but yeah, it was it was a very um. Charlie had to drive back the next day uh, with the van. I drove back the van. I drove the van. Back and he the did next not day. get a speeding ticket. I, I did. did not. No. <laughs> you did. did by the way, you did get a ticket. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You oh, didn't yeah. talk your way out of it. This oh, guy, he was not going, no, he for, was the, going uh, for the countrymen. Uh, <laughs> no, there was uh, no countrymen camaraderie. Discount. No, there was no. There was no like. Oh, by the way. Oh yeah. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, Shamash. Good to see you. That wasn't going to happen. What are your top three promotions? Do you oh, think? Because I'm going to start with with mine, and FS1 was just starting, and this is what eight years ago, maybe, Somewhere roughly, um, maybe even not that long ago, but it was November. It was Men's Health Month, and you volunteer yourself to get a prostate exam at the rink during the game, which you were calling. During an during a, a, a media and, timeout. And by, by calling, what is what does that mean? What do you what does it mean when you're calling the game? From your perspective. Well, just you know, I, you know, Aaron talked about it on our radio show, and that if, if anything that's not hockey related on a game night, whether it's a video or it's music or it's uh, Dean Roscoe playing or whether it's whatever Matt Moore making. You're the director. I'm the, I, I direct that. Well, I, well, at, at this point. You know, every year we all talk about, you know, oh, we got to call attention to men's health. We got to call attention to men's health. We got to do something. And I was sitting around a table with Scott Schubert from uh, from the Hog at the time and a bunch of other people. And, you know, we got to do something to call attention to men's health. And and uh, and, Sh- and, and Schub said, boy, it's just a shame we can't do a live prostate exam in a game. I said, why can't we? <laughs> and he goes, he goes, well, who? I said, me. He goes, well, how are we going to do it? You're the demo. I, I said, I I'm in a booth. I'm in a booth all by myself. I mean, basically, yeah. you know, if we put some drapes up or do whatever we got to do for the night, which they did, which they did, they put newspaper all over. Them. I, I mean, we can do it. <laughs> oh, come on, really? And and Charlie just kept. I mean, I did so many interviews that week. Yeah, uh, media outlets all over the country. Yeah. Um, that, that you know, and I, I I've told the story before. The reason that it meant so much to me is that 
the amount of lives that I potentially saved. I mean, sure. the, the people that came up to me after and said, my husband, ha- my husband hadn't been to a doctor in 25 years. He went in for his checkup. I mean, one guy, they, they went in for, your, for a, a triple bypass. I mean, the doctor said he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have made it much longer. Really? Had, yeah, gone had, had, had he not gone to the doctor? The amount of wives doing one of these to their husbands in the crowd, like, <laughs> yeah, hey, look, yep. it, it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, I look back and I say, you know, if I save you know, one life out of, out of that thing, I was worthwhile. But, I mean, it was probably a half a dozen people that had, had, had contacted me in one way or the other and said, thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. I mean, it was crazy. It well, was I remember FS1. Have you, they used to do, when FS1 was just starting, and they were trying to take on ESPN, and, but they had you as their, I think there was person of the night or something like it that. Was, okay, I was at Sazis. You're going to find that hard to believe. I know. <laughs> but I was at Sazis, and it was their midnight, that came on at midnight, the sports yes. report, whatever is midnight. And it was the day that Melvin Gordon ran for, that day, Melvin Gordon ran for 400 for the Badgers. 435 yards. So and this wasn't eight years ago. So so they said, our number one sports story comes out of Wisconsin. I'm looking up. I said, oh, yeah, Melvin Gordon ran for a lot today. And there's me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going, and they're showing the number one sports story of the night at, at their midnight sportscast yeah. was me. With the doctor, with the number one <laughs> figure. Yeah, holding up the, the styrofoam going, figure. The and foam I'm, going, I'm going, wow. Yeah. I mean, and then they got they showed the whole clip, and yep. then they went to, and by the way, really in Wisconsin, Melvin Gordon ran for 450-some-odd <laughs> right, right. right, yards. Right. This and was, it, it was, it, I just looked it up here. It was November of 2014. Okay, five years 2014. ago. 2014. I've got, funny, I've got an email here from a local media outlet that says, we saw the Admiral's post on Twitter and was wondering if you were actually doing a live prostate exam at Saturday's game. Is this true? I'm not sure I want any more details. The other, the other thing I remember about it is how panicked people were about the lo- getting this done logistically, yeah. about making sure everything was sterile and making sure all of this stuff, right? I mean, that was, that was a, a major yeah, deal for and, some and, people. And, and, you know, and thank God Tim Van Wagner kept me out of the loop in that yeah it, you know it was nerve-wracking enough to drop your pants during the game <laughs> i didn't need to like you know but i you know the, the bradley center video got a little bit you know crazy about yeah. it and everything yeah. else and and you know they were able to, to you know secure the room and yep. put enough you know everything else that no you, problem. You know, it, everything really was a lot easier than we you know that, that it was made of at the time but yeah it was it that but tim did a great job of uh, of of keeping you know keeping things away. How do we wrap this up, Charlie? Uh, well, we asked him for his top three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but maybe maybe it's better to ask, what is something that you haven't done that you would love to do that you wish you could have done, or not could have done, but I, you know what the thing about it is, it, I, I I don't know that it's it's out there somewhere, but I probably right. haven't figured it out yet. I mean, at the at the end of the day, I mean, we were cutting edge on. You're always chasing. Uh, one, one thing, you know, one thing I had forgotten about. And Charlie mentioned we were, we were walking to a, another uh, another interview or something uh, last week with Survivor. I mean, being right on the cutting edge yeah. of that, that Survivor. First year thing. of Survivor. I mean, to, was... to have Rudy and Susan Hawk in the building. Which one of them was from Palmyra? Susan Hawk. Susan, Susan Hawk. Yeah. But but the thing about it was, is we had him that we had him here the Saturday night before the Super Bowl. The next day. They were starting Survivor Two right after the Super Bowl. Yeah. Okay. So we, but so we had, I mean, we had the two main characters of the first Survivor. Right. And it was huge. I mean, it was huge. huge. It was another one where people were like, like really wanted to be a part of it. I, you know, this a lot of the cutting edge and a lot of the things that that we that we were on top of. I mean, right off the bat, um, 
and pop culture and everything else. It 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 was you know we've we've had a there's been so many things and it, it and, uh, and promotions to me are like my kids. I can't tell you which one of my kids I I like the best or what are my three favorite. I I, I you know we've we've done a lot of fun things. We've done a lot of different things. I. You know, well, and that nice thing too is you get the flexibility to do a, a be like Mike night or something like that. Yes. You you get the 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 immediacy of something like that 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 you're allowed to pursue. Yes. Or and, wrestling. We not only did we used oh. to do a wrestling night, but the actual show. They actually used to have we used to have wrestlers on the ice suspend a ring up in the rafters of the Bradley Center. Th- think about that. I mean, yeah. the the big show and Mark Henry. Yeah, I mean yeah. sexual talk. I mean, talk I, mean Mark Henry. I mean that that's that's a thousand pounds of mass. But there. that but that's probably a WrestleMania main event. Sure. And I had the Big Show and Mark Henry on on a ring that we was suspended above the the ring. Came down and we we had three matches. And Jimmy yeah. Jimmy Hart, Jimmy yes. the mouth of the ha- South Hart, who was obviously their manager in character, but he was the manager like sort of in real life too because uh, you were trying to organize him for something. And I was just a you know an underling at the time, but I hear Jimmy Hart just yelling at Mike Mark Henry. What are you doing? You're supposed to be over here. You got to get out here. And and, and Jimmy and, Hart knows what he's doing. He I mean he's he's a musician. He's I mean he had the Gentries. He had the hit with oh, Keep absolutely. On Dancing back yeah. in the '60s. I mean Jimmy Hart is is an entertainer. And he knows what's what. And Mark Henry is just basically like yes sir, yes sir. I'm right. sorry sir. Like right. he's. And Mark Mark Henry is literally twice as tall. Oh gosh, as, yes. As, as the five of, times the weight. Yeah, yes, yes. But I, but I look back, you know, at, at you know my passion for wrestling growing up, and you know, and and, and when Harris bought the team, you know, let's bring in some, uh, let's you know, salute to the AWA, and we brought the old AWA guys, yeah. and you know, you know, a lot of the those Ganyas guys, and Mad and, Dog, and, and, and you know, yeah. a lot of those guys aren't with us anymore, but now we, we've continued on with other guys, and and. and, and you know, we've had a chance to meet some of our childhood heroes. Yes. We all have, and, of, have yeah. and have really like enjoyed it. I mean, yeah. you know, they always say never meet your heroes; they're going to disappoint you. Well, they and in most cases they haven't. You know, no. I mean, you know, the, the one thing was it was little and didn't draw a huge crowd. But I mean, uh, the, the, our, our, our salute to Major League. Yeah, I right. mean, I mean, I, you know, how how good a guy was he other than Corbin cracking Burnson, his Corbin Burnson was so giving. The what he did around town. Yeah, he gave blood. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he gave blood. That's oh, right. No. But but he came did did radio shows for an hour. But but uh, uh, at different stations. Oh, more like two and a half. Uh, and, and, and then and then bought us all then bought us a massage at the little uh, at the little <laughs> massage place right. on Highway Hundred. He goes, who wants a quickie massage? Who wants a quickie massage? I, I'm good. But he went out to the ballpark. And yeah. he had and a spiritual like no joke. This was a spiritual thing for him. Yes, it was. Where they have the home plate. For at Hellfair Field, yeah. Hellfair Field. He stood there and he got choked up. Oh yeah, he, he, and he's on the phone. He's on the phone with Berenger saying, I, "I'm pointing, I'm pointing, just like you did." I, I, oh no, yeah, they tore that place down, but the home plate's still in the same spot. And he, he's explaining. Yeah. But, but you knew that from the second you picked him up. Yeah. yeah I picked yeah. him up at the airport and we picked him up on a limo. Yeah. And he goes, "Whoa, Joe, what's with the limo?" I said, "Anybody with 80 acting credits gets a limo." And he goes, <laughs> "He goes, okay." He goes, "The only reason I'm not getting out of this car right now." Because I don't, you know, I, I don't deserve a limo. He goes, the only reason I'm making that this car right now is because your fat ass is going to come back here and sit with me in the back, and then we'll go in the limo. And then I, then I told him, I, by the way, I said, okay, if I pick you up at 5:15, we've got a radio things for 5:15 till on tomorrow yeah. morning. He said, I 
pull up in front with uh, with Limo Joe. Yeah. He's he's reading the newspaper right out in front. Bingo, bango, down the road, and we we we, we do eight inter- eight interviews that morning. I want to real quick since you bring up the limo, and I know we're we're continuing to go, and I apologize for that, but I think this is good stuff. Uh, we've had. We had the issue with Foreigner a few years ago where, where the singer, Kelly, lost his voice. But before that, the first time we had Foreigner in, that almost didn't happen either. Yeah. <laughs> that, I know. That almost didn't happen. Yeah, I, was getting, I was getting Mick in from... You know, the funny thing about it is, 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 is the more I'm thinking about it, I'm not, I'm not so sure Foreigner... That's not Foreigner's shtick. They, uh, they, what they do is... Mick's, Mick's mentioned on all the contracts. Mick's, Mick Jones is on every Foreigner contract. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't know if they don't plan on bringing him unless you call him on it. Okay. Because we call him on it. Where's Mick? Then all of a sudden, oh, my God, they, they, they noticed you're not here. They bring him in. Okay. Because <laughs> it, 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 it's kind of a strange deal. Uh, I, I, He's the a, only original some, Somebody else had told me that, that they did the same thing, and Mick flew, magically flew in. Really? So I'm not so sure. I mean, I'm not going to call him. I'm not going to accuse him of anything. But not whatever. only with that, but didn't they, they lost their – Instruments, didn't they? Well, they came. The oh, they guitars. came. In, they came in from from England, without their guitars and without the cords that plug the guitars into the <laughs> the thing. So they Dance. had to go out to the, the guitar center, and uh, Limo Joe had to go out to the guitar center and and pick up. They they placed the order, yep. and he had to pick up thirteen guitars, <laughs> five chords, a synthesizer. I mean, you know, 20, everything they played that night was bought in Milwaukee. Yes, fifteen grand worth of uh, new equipment <laughs> that they just left in England. Hey, by the way, I thought you guys got it. No, I thought you had it. <laughs> they left it all in England. I mean, who leaves their guitars? You think that you might want to use those? Right, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. You could use. That's those the things. one thing you remember to pack. But yeah, they, they, yeah, that's your toothbrush is one thing. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, you know what? The, but everyone. I mean, you know, Charlie. You know, Charlie and his friend Tommy Shaw. They're close personal friends. Right, right. Tom and, Shaw, I, and, and yeah. Tom and I. You know, Tom and I are real, real close too. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a great deal. <laughs> I mean, that, that's George Packer, the uh, their road manager, being one of the great. Uh, still one of the finest, finest lines I've ever heard. I said, uh, "Oh, he goes well. At least you guys don't have a meet and greet." I said, "Yeah, we do. It's in the contract. Meet and greet." He goes, "Oh, you put the meet and greet catch. You know." Go to Cheap Trick or go to Ario Speedway. <laughs> They're nice guys. Our guys don't meet or greet. <laughs> it's like, okay, George. But George is a wonderful guy, but I mean, the way he said it, our, our guys aren't very nice. We don't meet or greet. And it's, it's, but they did. I have a, they're, I have yeah. a, no, they're great. I, I have a picture actually with my, with my wife and a couple of friends uh, that I have at our house still. And by, the, and by the way, JY couldn't be better on the radio. Oh, when, when we say phenomenal. something like that, James Young is he is, he is a. You know, I tell you what, though, Kevin Cronin. I mean, and the, yeah. other, and the other thing, I mean, some of the great Joan guys Jett. Uh, over the years. Oh, they, yeah, sit there with, with with Joan Jett and Kenny Laguna. How talk, good were they on talk, the radio that time? Yeah. Well, when they got into the argument with each other, then we had a nineteen or twenty minute segment. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, Kenny, you remember? And like, yeah. you know what? You know, but yeah, they, and and the people we've been lucky enough to talk to. I mean, we yeah. we get Blake Shelton on the phone. Yeah, how you doing, guys? I'm just sitting on the porch having a beer. And right, it's like, right. Holy cow! Yeah. Okay, that's, yeah. Huey Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Huey Lewis, yeah. Huey Lewis told us that uh, he had to do, for Heart of Rock and Roll, he had to record Halifax at the end to make sure that, because Halifax is still in the Heart of Rock and Roll. It's yeah. still beating in Halifax. That's, that's great. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, you know what? It, it really has. It's, it's been a dream for me. And, uh, and, and uh, every day is just uh, another, it's another chapter of, of fun and frivolity. I mean, yep. it's, it's uh, you know, we, we, we've had a lot of fun over the years. And, uh, you know, I've been lucky enough, you know, I mean, I tell you what, you know, I've been lucky enough to have, uh, you know, Charlie, and bitter, and you know, it, it, you know, it, they, 
it's incredible because they say back, you know, oh, get our kids these days, they don't know how to work. Right, right. So, you know, we, I get those two guys, you know, and, and, and both ripping, uh, ripping grads. And I mean, when you consider at the, one point the, the, our the, office the, the, was fifty percent ripping grass. It was, it was it was it was us three and Phil. Yeah, I mean that was it. No. I mean I mean that's kind of few interns. Yeah, and, and a few interns and some other things smattered in. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean it was uh, it was uh, um, some trying times back then. And uh, to, to, and the work ethics of, of of guys like Bitter and Charlie and in. Uh, to get us through some tough times, and and uh, I tell you, it's un- unbelievable. Yeah. To to finish, I, I just uh, personally for me, maybe Charlie wants to do this too. But to to wrap this up, uh, I need to say thank you because I think um, when I interviewed for the job, it was one of the worst times in this organization's history. Kyle Schultz had passed just a few days before, and uh, I know a lot of people miss him, and I know a lot of people still wish he was the radio guy here. Um, but I came in to interview, and you asked me if I could call a fight. <laughs> yeah. And that has stuck with me for 15, 16 years. And, uh, and uh, when, when I explained that I had called boxing and I had done all of this stuff, because I came from the college game. There's no fighting in the college game. That's right. right. Um, but you asked me if I could do that, and, uh, and, and, and I, I confidently said yes. It was probably the most confidence I ever had in my life. But uh, I said, <laughs> I said yes, and uh, I, I th- they may have won it, won the thing over. I don't know, but the, at, at least it got me the tryout for that for that weekend against Houston, and uh, and then to go to Omaha and host a radio show, and I and I thank God I never left. I tell you what, I remember it, I remember that well, and I remember the fact that um, Doug was Doug Pettit was very wishy-washy about calling fights at the very beginning because. He knew how much his father disliked fighting in hockey. So he was very kind of, and one of the first times I was with Doug over uh, at the Pettits, and, and mm-hmm. they were talking about uh, uh, Lloyd was going over some, some critique of, and, and Lloyd said, Duggar, fights. If a guy hits a guy with a right, he hit him with and a right and a left and a left. Call the fight like you're calling the fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, don't, don't, don't. Don't pussyfoot around. Don't pussyfoot around the yeah, fight. No, yeah. And uh, and Doug became a, pr- a pretty good fight announcer. Yeah, and uh, and it, you know it, it's it's part of the game. It's Absolutely, part, part of the, that people. Well, like you said, goals and fights. That's goals what people fights. want to see. People stand. Yeah. And and it and uh, and at the end of the day, no, I mean, I, I tell you what, I still think it was one of the best moves we made. I mean, uh, to bring you in, and because I'll tell you, I, I I can sit there. I mean, I I can put AHL live on and enjoy the. I like to listen to the game. And enjoy the picture that you paint, calling the game in your own mind. And you can, and you know what? And that can be anything. And in my warped, goofy, <laughs> you know, you know, sense of imagination, I can, I can listen to, to Aaron Sims call a game and just envision the game. Oh, and I, you I know what? I didn't and, bring and, this and, up and to no, get no, fish. No, for no, 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 no. But anytime you can do that, I mean, to me, that's. I spent a lot of time around Lloyd Pettit, and you know, I mean. To, to have audience with a Hall of Fame announcer right. and a guy with a passion for hockey, you know, and early this season, I mean, the games we've had early this season, some really entertaining, good hockey games. Yep. Yeah. And I look and I say, you know, that's the guy that, I mean, that's what Lloyd was talking about when he talked about you don't have to have concerts, you don't have to have this. It's right. a beautiful, the have game, the way it's game. played, yep. without fights, without, you know, some pushing and shoving, yep. but it's, it's, it's like a canvas. It's a it's a beautifully played game. 
I mean, it, it, hockey yeah. and, and 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 to hear a great call of a great game is just the best. I mean, I, and I've and I've been lucky enough to be around the, the great Doug Pettit and 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 and, and Kyle Schultz and, and the great Aaron Sims and, and you know it, it's wonderful. Yeah. I, All right. And throw in a concert and a wrestling match and maybe some jocks. And by the way, also and also because of you, I got to get on stage and be Mr. Roboto during Dennis right. DeYoung's show. And the last concert and at the Bradley Nolan, Center. And Nolan Young, Yachtman got to be Blake <laughs> Shelton. Nolan Young, we got yes. to be Blake Shelton. We went I got over to that play uh, with Blake a couple Shelton. weeks ago. Yep. Exactly right. Uh, we should wrap it up here. We're at a we're at, we're we're at a long time. Exactly right. And we're taping this during the work day, so <laughs> right. we probably should go do something. No, it is great. <laughs> it is great, right? Let's go. Let's go have some pictures. Let's go do that, right? <laughs> hey, there we go. The old days. <laughs> huh? Let's yeah, go. Me and Murray Oliver. Let's let's uh, let's pour one out for Muzz. Yeah, and, I'm here. And uh, here, Ron Wilson, tell us how disgusting of human being that me and Murray Oliver <laughs> are, because we, we've now had our seventh pitcher. Can you? I mean, Ron Lapointe comes up to us one night. We're the, late, the late Ron LaPointe. Oh, yeah, the, the late, great Ron. And, and I will tell you, you pick up a little something. And this, I mean, and Charlie, oh, my God bless Charlie, every, with every coach, because every coach is different. You, yes. know, I mean, you know that. Yeah. Some coaches, there's no way you're going to do this. And they're, you know, we want a wedding on the ice. And oh yeah, go ahead. Don't bother, bother me. We want the players. Yeah, that's fine. We want to do this. There's so many different things that you ask of coaches. Well, you know, Ron was, in when he got here, was, was basically – going to teach everybody whatever he could teach them. And Ron was very concerned about the hockey side, but was very giving of himself to teach me some things on the business side. And I, you know, I made him a promise on his deathbed that I'd never bring in Claude Scott, the happy trumpeter. I, 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 I only brought him in 60 times. <laughs> so, sorry, sorry, Ron. But anyway, I, it was the way it was. Who were we just talking to, Charlie? Who who talked? It was Troy Grosnick. Yeah, Troy Grosnick was telling us on the on the, on the last podcast about uh, coming to games and seeing this crazy guy pounding on the glass and playing a like horn, almost but, falling over. Yeah, but with fake snot coming out of it. <laughs> oh, that was real snot. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. But it affected Troy Grosnick. It was yeah. one of the one of the memories he but, had from right. when he was a kid. I tell you what, though, I mean, you know. And again, I have no idea where Claude Scott is. And if anybody does, please let me know. <laughs> right. um, you know, but he uh, he brought a certain he brought an entertainment factor to the games that was off the charts. Yeah, I mean, you you could you could have twenty five hundred people in the building, and Claude can make it sound like there there was. Well, five I'll or tell six you stuff. how naive I am. The first time I saw him, I thought he was just a guy, hmm. because I came from Madison, where Phil. Uh, is the guy, Phil is the guy who wears the sweater, and he's been doing it for years. Phil stands up with the one, two goals, we mm -hmm. want more, that he's that guy. So yeah. I just thought this was the Admiral's version of that of guy. That, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know any better. So when he came in, I'm like, boy, there's some guy in the, you know, I'm, I'm explaining this. There's a guy in the corner, and he's falling off the glass, and this doesn't look good at all, and, but, and nobody's coming to help him. I don't understand what's going on, but th that was the shtick. I didn't realize that. Yeah. I <laughs> didn't... <laughs> Or maybe it wasn't the shtick. Maybe it was just Claude's issues. But yeah, uh, now Claude, yeah, Claude was Claude. You know, <laughs> it's just the way it is. But no, but around the point, really, really did a lot um, to try to um, a lot, of, a lot of good, good tips throughout the years. From, yeah. from uh, you know, for the, we again died way too young. Um, wonderful, wonderful men. But him and Ron Wilson, who were our coaches that year, were really uh, would would. Uh, when uh, Murray Oliver and I would maybe have a couple of pitchers of beer, they, they would be all disgusted because we weren't having fruit juice or whatever <laughs> we were doing. But the, right. How many pitchers is that? And Murray would go, eh, what do you think? Well, I think it's our seventh month. <laughs> 
<laughs> you two have had seven pitchers of beer? Yeah, well, I'm just, sorry. I mean, that's the way it is. <laughs> but yeah, Murray was uh, but one of my one of my favorite people. I was going to say, you get to meet some special people oh, in this job. You know what? That's why you stay with it. No, I think that's one thing we can all agree. I mean, hockey guys are like the best guys. I just mean, salt of the I earth. I mean, you know, whether it's upper management or whether yeah. it's, whether it's the, you know, the, the players themselves. And, yeah. But, you know, we've met some incredible people. Yeah. And that's that's the no doubt, no doubt. With that, I think it's a good way to end. Huh? I think that's a great way to end. All right, Wojo, thanks so much for all your time. And My for pleasure, everything. guys. I could sit here for three days. We might yep. have to bring you back so we I can tell stories say. about players. Exactly right. Yeah, because there's a lot of them. There's too. There's a lot of those too. That, oh yeah. Yeah, that we'll we'll have to make sure we censor the right ones. But yeah. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yes, we can well, do that. Thanks, boys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, very good. That's uh, Mike Wojciechowski, and that does it for another Milwaukee Admirals podcast. For Charlie Larson, I'm Aaron Sims. Thank you for listening.